0: To another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. We like to call it a freak flag, feel good, fake it till you make it. Ric Flair, woo! Ball 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9. The horn, that's all right. The madness is still going on, so we'll get you uh, up to date with everything happening in the tournament. Also, we're off a little bit early, so we ain't got a lot of time, but we got a lot to get into it, so we'll get to it, right to it. Oh, let's talk about the Cowboys. Cowboys, right now, rumored reportedly to be talking about making some moves to add what the uh, term is, juice to the offense, whatever that means. We'll get into that coming up a little bit later on. Also talk about the Longhorns with the big win over Colgate. Also talk about the Longhorns and their next opponent, the Penn State. How about that? Penn State Nittany Lions will get into that first time they've ever met up on the basketball court. We'll talk about that and more before we do. Let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos for the first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 Acres and chase his dream in the cheese. Pippin' ain't easy, but for this man, it's a breeze. He is the Mike Hallboy Hart. What's going on, brother?
1: Man, oh man, oh man. The brackets just continue to get busted, but you know what? You still got a chance. Unless you have Arizona going to the Final Four like your boy did, Mm -hmm. that is a problem. Mm -hmm. But I'm not out of it. I'm not out of it yet. I just need a few things to work out. Keep hope alive. Keep hope (laughs) alive. And you're right. You said we were out early today for Texas baseball. I will be on the call tonight with Roger Wallace. So I am looking forward to the University of Texas taking on the University of New Orleans. They call him Uno, if you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) U-N-O. But let me talk about my man that sits across from me every single day. He hails from H-Town with the get-down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary lifetime and now college football Hall of Famer, Longhorn legend, Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But, of course, he is a fan of you the listeners he is my man and yours rod
0: babels thanks for the intro as always that's not a waste any time introducing the real mvp one of the hardest working members of the arn family he's got a hustler spirit period we don't know what he's paid we do know he's underpaid also he's the owner of lou the unofficial mascot of ball don't lie so shout out to lou that's how we know we got good mojo in the building patrick davis what's going on patrick
2: you know what? It is. Uh, it's Friday. That's a good thing. That is <laughs> a great thing.
0: Everybody's got. Uh, do do I, I don't have a little green on, but I see you guys have a little green on. Oh, I got yeah, green. Yeah. See, I mean, the day's
2: Patrick's Day. St. Saint- Patrick's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. It's, it's Patrick's Day. The amount day. of free drinks I've gotten on this day by just being named Patrick. <laughs>
0: Uh yeah, uh, holiday edition of and not, and not
2: today. I mean, in the past days, I don't want to say Stay still sure up to work today.
0: drunk. No, no, faded, <laughs> faded. Hey. It. Fade it. hey man, you know what? You got to celebrate it. Uh, right. Saint Patty's Day. So happy Saint Patty's Day to everybody out there. Also, happy March Madness to everybody out there. It's a a dual celebration. Um, so you got plenty of reason to celebrate. And of course, it's Friday, so everybody should be in a great mood on a Friday. Uh, Longhorn basketball fans are certainly in a damn good mood. They got to be feeling great about their team and mm. about. Mm -hmm. That performance. Uh, Gentlemen, that's exactly what you wanted to see from Texas. They pretty much had command of the game for 36 of the no, 35 34 of the of the yeah. 40 minutes I would say something like that and early on there was um it wasn't a slow start they just did not come out with that uh intensity uh we yeah, thought we were they were kind of overwhelm them early remember Co- coach Terry talked about the first 4 minutes mm-hmm. well nah, they really didn't dominate the first 4 minutes they dominated the rest of the 36, you know, minutes there of the game, <laughs> pretty much. Yep. And that was Sergei Boy Rice. I mean, he had one of the greatest performances that we've ever seen from a Texas basketball player in the tournament. Period.
1: We I mean, call that epic.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, that's, <laughs> you know I'm, I'm not, yeah, not trying to, you know, exaggerate it, but I mean, that's just how great it was. You're talking about seven three pointers, uh, and those seven made three pointers that did tie, uh, tie, I believe it was a uh, record for the program for most made three pointers in the tournament for any player. Uh, Sergei Barry Rice ended up with 23 points. Uh, Texas also made 13 three pointers as a team. They shot 56%, actually over 56%, damn near 57%. Yep. From three-point range, Uh, gentlemen, that, I mean, Marcus Carr also contributed 17 points. Dylan DeSue did his thing down low. Uh, But, yeah, I think it was exactly the type of performance you wanted to see from Texas. They played to a standard most of that game and not... Uh, to their opponent. And Colgate, by the way, no disrespect to them. They're, they're a damn good opponent, too. Absolutely. I mean, they made the tournament. Uh, but Texas, they really did play like a team that's trying to make it to the Final Four. Yeah, and they looked together. And that they was that, good. that what,
1: what do we like to say, connectivity? They had that mm-hmm. connectivity. Um, I, I was talking to a former uh, player for the University of Texas today and just trying to get his thoughts on what he's seen and what he's been seeing on this team. And he basically told me, he was like, this is probably the best that I've seen this, this group of guys playing as a group where everybody is understanding. It's kind of like what we talked about with Rodney Terry, Rodney Terry giving everybody that, that link and saying you have to do your part to make sure that this link stays together. And even if somebody gets off slow, and we've seen it happen at multiple times, and we'll get into Marcus Carr a little bit later, but when you look at this team, it looks like they are having fun playing basketball. And, you know, when you start seeing a team play well and play like they're having fun, it's a totally different ball game. Nobody looks like they're pressing. And can we give flowers to Dylan to for the whole month of March? I mean, this guy has shown up the entire month of March and probably played his best basketball that he's played since he's been at this university. I mean, he's doing everything from defense, from rebounding, knocking down open shots, and he's got that little jump hook down to a science right now. It looks like a
0: little shot put. A little yeah. push shot. Yeah. yeah, Patrick has to push shot. Yeah,
1: he's yeah. in there doing his thing. But <laughs> Tyrese Hunter, you know, you sit back and we've been talking about him a lot this year. But if he still averaged ten points this season, he still averaged ten points a game this year. So I'm I'm cool with that. He just didn't have it in the big spurts that we thought we were going to see him in. But I think everybody understands their role on this team, and nobody seems to be upset. Like, Serge Jabari was on fire, and they kept finding him. They kept getting them the ball, and that's when you know that a team understands what's going on, and they're pulling for each other and not against each
0: other. Yeah, the defense really set the tone for Texas. Uh, we talked about what the game plan would be. Uh, Patrick, you brought up they were going to go one-on-one straight up, uh, down low. That's exactly what they did. They figured, hey, man, we got to be able to win that battle down mm-hmm. low because we're going to smother the perimeter uh, yep. And exactly what they did. Colgate only made three three-pointers. Uh, that tied a season low for them.
2: Yep. Yeah, and you never let them get flowing cuz they got yep. some threes where they did help off or a guy just missed his assignment or whatever it was. There was a couple of plays like there was one where Timmy Allen got way too far off a three-point shooter. There's one where Brock Cunningham was just in a weird place and a guy gets wide open. But you never really let them get two or three shots and get the feel for the building cuz you every time it's like you're 10 minutes in between a three-point shot or an open one. So you never let them get that flow of getting a shot up in the next possession, get another one up and hitting it. And, uh-oh, now that guy's hot. And now he can go and try and do what Jabari Rice did, which Jabari Rice was, hey, he just hit the first one. And then he just knew the same play. And they've done it all year, which is he, they run a screen on a guy, and if he goes under, he'll shoot it. And if he goes over, he drives it. And he knows on that screen, he's like, I can either beat you driving in the basket or I can hit the shot. And it's it's been a very effective play all season. And once he started hitting, they just ran that play over and over yep. again, and I don't know where, at what point the coach wanted to call over Colgate and be like, go over the top. <laughs> like, <laughs> stop going around the screen. Yeah. I know it's gonna hurt. Like, I know it's not how we normally play. We've probably all season gone underneath screens, but... uh this guy is killing us right now. All right, because I guarantee you, there was no way they thought that Texas was going to shoot that good from three at any point in that game. Did any of us? No. <laughs> That's because I'm saying because you look if you look at the numbers, especially down the stretch, you're like the legs aren't there as much. Yep. Your three point numbers are kind of going down. They're a good three point shooting team, but not that good. You don't expect to get just blown out of the building. Well, you're dominating inside too. Yep. Like, they were playing, their big men were playing good basketball inside, and when Texas wasn't given help, they were able to just take their sweet time yeah. backing anybody down. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Texas will take that all day, every day. Yeah, because that's, especially when you're hitting threes on the other end, yeah, because yeah. you're still <laughs> extending the lead. Because that's that's
0: exactly what they pixie took. They basically took Colgate's identity away. Their yeah, identity yeah. was they want to be a team that can hurt you from the perimeter, best three point shooting team uh, in the country, and they've been top three in the last three years. Texas said, you know what, we're going to take that away. If you beat us down low, uh, that's that's great. And I'm with you. I don't know if they they thought they'd be. Fifty-seven percent from
2: three-point. Have they Nobody. have
0: they been hotter from three-point range in a game? No, only conference be, A conference game. Well, no, or, and, and
2: there's two parts to that. One, con- no one else, game. no one conference else is leaving better. them that open that many times. Yeah, like no one in conference plays that level of defense. The Big Twelve, everyone plays defense. So they have not shot. So, a, they've not been that hot Gonzaga, since Big Twelve Gonzaga, play
1: No, not since Big Twelve. But Gonzaga yeah. game, they hit
2: thirteen threes as, yeah. as well. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah.
0: there's no way in the Big Twelve that that they've oh, been able to no, but i also
2: put this, as we saw, is they did run the ball enough, they did spread the that we saw at the end of the game there was two things that happened. One, Colgate was just dead tired by the end of that game, which allowed Texas to put it away in fashion. But this other part is we've seen this in a few games a season and multiple games that sometimes they're having the laps. But we've known, especially in the tournament, Texas has had a hard time closing out games and big games a lot of times. And it's just been a problem through – you know, through Shaka, through Rick Barnes, it has been a problem for a while. Through Chris Beard, everybody had problems of getting this team to close out. This is the team, because they're an older team, and because I whatever Rodney Terry's doing, I think this team is one of the better closeout teams that I've seen in Texas basketball in many years. And to see how they close out that game, that was never really in doubt. They were never worried where it never got down to three points, two points. Oh, my God, Colgate may take the lead. Yep. But you did get to a point where, okay, we could be shooting free throws at the end of this game. It could get down to single digits, and Colgate's going to start fouling. You're going to have to have free throws. Texas didn't, didn't let it get to that point. They played really good defense down the stretch and then hit some shots. And pulled it out to the 20 point lead.
0: Yeah, there were a couple of runs by Colgate, but Texas would answer every time they had one of those runs. Yeah. So bring it within single digits. And they did that a couple of times. They bring it within nine. Um, I think one time they brought it like within uh, seven at one time, and Texas yeah. would just answer. And they would answer big. I'm talking about either yeah. with a big time three point shot yeah. or Dylan Dassault down low, kind of uh, with a kind of a you'd, don- see, you'd see that Rodney Terry present. timeout.
2: <laughs> the yeah. the Rodney the, Terry chew out, yeah. and then back I, on the court, and you're like, "All right, yeah, pick up the intensity again." And, and give yeah. Christian
0: Bishop some credit too. I mean, he had eight points, five rebounds in in and uh, in the minutes that he played. I just thought overall, uh, as you mentioned, Hards, Everybody really did shine in their role. They didn't even need Timmy Allen. Uh, you know, coming back, Timmy Allen did start, but they didn't need Timmy Allen to have a great, great game, and they didn't—they didn't need Timmy Tourniquet, no, uh, at all, because uh, they had—he he had what four points, I believe, something like four that? four points,
2: five assists though.
0: Yeah, he did. He did involved. get some good assists, so uh, he was. Yeah,
2: he was. in uh, Christian Bishop, I love that play when he was going against Woodward, and Woodward's been backing down everybody, and Bishop goes to back him down, and Woodward just is a cement block. Yeah. And so Christian Bishop can't move. Timmy Allen makes a great cut. Bishop finds him and they still get a layup off of it. And you're like, that's that's good smart play as a team is Timmy Allen saw what was happening, realized the position, it was like, Oh, I can get behind that. And just went down and got it. It was just a really heads up play by Timmy Allen there.
0: Yeah, I know. uh, I mean, they really played as a team really, really well. Uh, The one thing I guess you would criticize, Chan on the Specs text line brings it up, five one two three three seven three seven seven six. They did have a lot of turnovers, ended up having 13 turnovers. Um, And even though Marcus Carr had five turnovers, he still ended up, really high in the plus minus. It's weird.
1: Yeah, which is very weird. He was, was like when,
0: plus twenty four or something like that. was strange. Yeah, uh, he
1: was in he was in yeah, he was plus twenty four. Yeah. Tyrese they, Hunter was plus twenty. Dylan Dessau was plus twenty. The only Dylan person was that was ne, was negative was Arterio Morris and he was negative two. Hmm. So I mean, Texas overall, this was probably one of their best games. We've been talking about this for a while. We saw what they did in the uh Big Twelve championship game. The entire tournament actually they played Together basketball, played intense basketball, played smart basketball. But I am with you, Chan, when when I'm looking at him, and again, he got back to this point where he was dribble, 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 and everybody was standing there like, I'm open, give me the ball, give me the ball. And then at the end of the game, they were just like, all right, we're just going to pass it over here, and we're just going to dribble the ball for a little bit because, Marcus, even though you, you can tell, I mean, he's a very experienced player and he loves to play with the ball in his hand. You, there was one play where he had turned the ball over, they came back down, he got it back, he turned it all over again, and the ball was away from him. And I saw him put his head down for a second. And he had to, like, totally regroup. And I was going to take a screenshot of it and send it to y'all, but I was just kind of – I was dialed into the game because I like to watch away from the basketball and how people are reacting. So he put his head down, but then he went over and got a steal right after that. So it was one of those things where he understood, too, man, I'm turning this ball over. i got to have better control of it. But that's the beauty of this team. you got a Tyrese Hunter. you got a Serge Jabari Rice. It doesn't always have to be Marcus Carr. And I Mm -hmm. think that's where Marcus needs to get back into his mindset of, I understand that they expect a lot from me. But I don't have to do everything because everybody is eating at this time.
0: Yeah, Sergio Sergio Rice's performance, still. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean that was that, that was extraordinary uh, to say the least. He yeah. ended up so it's his uh, basically thirteenth game off the bench with at least fifteen plus points, eleventh um, <clears throat> time that he's been the leading scorer for Texas uh, this season, and you talking about. A guy who ended up with not only the 23 points to seven May 3 points, which is a Texas tournament record for May 3s. He also had two steals. Yep. Three assists, so six long, rebounds. Man. man, he was just active. He was all yep. over the place. And, yeah, I mean, it, to have that type of performance uh, first game of the tournament just shows you – all season long, solidified. He's been the most consistent piece and the most consistent player. Kind of goes back to a I remember before the season started when I asked a member of the coaching staff, like, yep, who's yep. the guy? And he said, Sergeant Barry Rice is the guy. And I was like, he's the guy? He's like, he's the guy. Yep, and yep. that was it. That was all, that's all he said. And I, was, and I came on the radio. I came on the radio <laughs> the next day and I said, guys, I talked to a member of the staff and he said, Sergeant Barry Rice is the guy. Even though he was coming off the bench, yeah. he said, he's the guy. He's the guy. Yeah. He he is him as
1: the young kid yeah. would say.
0: Hey, my he son has him. been
1: saying him
0: <laughs> the entire
1: season. He is him. Yeah, he is him.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that you can also look at him, and he is definitely a guy that coming to Texas. This was his resume or his uh, application to play basketball further in the further in his life, and yeah. wanted to make sure that he could put together a resume for that. And he knows, hey man, we're on we're on TV. Everybody's watching us. We're the two seed in this tournament. Let me go show everybody who doesn't know who I am. And, hey, man, take me off the bench. It doesn't matter because I can steal the show wherever you put me. And I'm playing starter minutes. Best
0: best six man in the country.
2: I'm I'm playing starter minutes.
1: That's the other thing. You sit there and you – You know, that's why I was asking you guys yesterday, what do you think would be the best fit? Would it be him still coming off the bench or would it be more important to have him start? It don't matter because he's playing starter minutes. It doesn't matter because he goes out there and he brings it every single game. It's been so fun to watch this young man grow, watch the way he plays, and watch the way he just kind of takes over basketball games. And it's so smooth how he does it. He made one shot that was a layup that wasn't a three-pointer and he had pump faked on the outside and had the lane where he could get there because they were like well i i I may not fall for the pump fake but i have to defend it because he's been knocking down threes the entire time so i gotta go guard this
2: and and i mean and look he's gonna get his chance to get even more starter minutes because they're about to play a team in penn state that likes to play four guards yep and likes play small And, and texas you know, you're you're kind of playing in a Texas hand with this. I was just about to say, yeah. yeah. Hey man, we like to go small like. Really? Please. Like please, please do, that. do please just please that. just don't go big on us. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. But yeah, if you if you want to go small against Texas and allow, you know, all all Texas guards to be out on the court at the same time, that it, it becomes harder for you because they can defend.
1: Yep, they can defend. And that's the beautiful yeah. thing about it too. So I'm excited mm-hmm. about tomorrow. Um, Rod, I'm sure we're about to get into that as well. So I'll let you take it away, brother.
0: <laughs> um, no, I, it's uh, I, the Penn State match uh, matchup for Texas. Um, it it does kind of remind you of you know, Colgate a little bit too. They like to shoot the three point shot. They do like to shoot um, the shoot? That's one. That's their bread and butter, pretty much. Texas defends the three point line. Really, really well. Uh, so I think that's also something that's advantageous to Texas, along with the fact that yes, they like to go small and go with a lot of uh, go with guards, veteran guards, by the way. Yep. So, vet I mean, they got but uh, four four of their five starters are seniors. A uh, mm-hmm. few of those are fifth year seniors. Oh, that's an ugly fall. Yep. Sorry, looking at the tournament there. Sorry. Yep. Uh, anyway, but for for those five guys are you know seniors, and I believe you got fifth year seniors there too. Uh, so that. Is you know something that Texas will have to deal with that maybe Texas veteran experience, which I think they're one of the most experienced teams in the country, especially tournament experience. Yeah, uh, does it you know it's it's something that I think it holds a lot of value. Uh, the deeper and deeper they go into the tournament, that this is also an experienced team, not really necessarily tournament experience, but an experienced team nonetheless. Uh, so I do think it's going to be a, a a good matchup for Texas. I think it's favorable for Texas. Yeah. But they get hot from three-point range, and you're not hot. I mean, that's three, the three-point shot. We said yesterday the biggest variable, the biggest factor in upsets or blowouts in the tournament is the three-point shot, pretty much. Yeah. The disparity and how lopsided it is, and Texas just showed showed you in that Colgate game. They they were the ones who were able to get hot from three-point range, shooting close to 57%, and then Colgate had their worst three-point shooting performance of the season, and they were the best three-point shooting team in the country. That flip of the script ended up being the the total headline of the game. That well, was the narrative.
2: Yeah, and, and Penn State shot 59% from three in that game yeah. last yeah. night. Uh, Andrew Funk goes eight for ten from three. Uh, that is going to be the assignment, how Texas likes to try and remove a guy from the game, and Texas is going to try and ball deny somebody. I have a feeling Andrew Funk may be that guy at least to start with the game to say, hey, man, let, let's not let him ele- even get started in the first half. Let's just try and ball deny him and get Tyrese Hunter on him and just – stick on this guy, and let the rest of the team do what they can, and we'll try and figure it out from there. But he may be the guy. Like if Jalen he's Pickett? Andrew Funk, who oh. went 8-for-10 yeah, yeah. in the game last night. For, for Penn State. Yeah. For Penn State. No, yeah, I'm just saying, like, what about uh, Jalen Pickett? I think you're going to have to go after him, too. I'm just saying, <laughs> Andrew Funk, if, if you're going, hey, this guy can hit threes on us at <laughs> that level, you may have to remove him from a point and then play defense <laughs> on Jalen Pickett. But in that sense of if we can, if we – focus too much on Jalen Pickett and Andrew Funk hits another eight threes on us, You, it's hard to win games when they're shooting 59% from the three. Well, and they shot
1: 81% from the free throw line as well. They only shot 11 free throws, and that's something, too, that Texas didn't have to do because they were, mm. they were feeling so good behind the arc that they didn't have to attack the rim near as much as they normally would if they were struggling from three. That's the one thing for both of these teams. If they keep falling in love with the three-point shot, and they're not falling, what are they going to do to adjust to make sure that they continue to attack the rim and, and get open looks? I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this game strictly in the fact that both of these teams are coming in after a great performance. And absolutely, uh, they put on a show yesterday. Which team can duplicate that again knowing that after this game, we head up to the Sweet 16. So that Mm -hmm. is how I'm going to see which team can make an adjustment coming back after playing one of your best games of the season. Because you know as well as I do, Ron, it's hard to play that perfect night in and night out, especially Mm -hmm. when the intensity is picking up as well. You got to have that heart rate um, at the right levels. You got to have your your focus at the right levels. You can't rest on your laurels and be like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, we did that yesterday. Well, your opponent did it too. So you got to be ready to go. Nobody's. They're both, both teams are not stumbling into this game after who we just skated
0: by that. Nah, no, we balled. Yeah, no, uh, and I mean they have some some ballers. Uh, yeah, like I said, Jalen Pickett, he leads the team in points, rebounds, assists, and steals. He's the catalyst. It yeah. all goes down through him. But you're right, Andrew Funk, I mean, he got all funky. Uh, last yeah, night on, <laughs> got functified on the, the Aggies <laughs> the and <Brat. laughs> yeah, dropped eight of ten on them. And yeah, everybody thought we were gonna get a Texas Texas A and M old school rivalry matchup in the second round. That is not to be. Penn State yep. decided. Uh, now we 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 getting tired of all that talk because everybody yep. kind of forgot about Penn State in that matchup. Considering I everybody, kept, a lot of the talk was Texas A and M was actually you know they were underseated
1: Yeah, that's what that's what. Uh, what's their AD Bjork? He was, uh, oh, my God, we need to see who's in charge of all this stuff. We need to see what what people put this thing together. I need to do an investigation on the committee. Uh, you got plenty of time to do your research, homie, because you are not involved in this game anymore.
0: Yeah, it happened for Texas, though, on the other side. Right? was it 2016, yeah. Texas lost to Northern Iowa, and it was supposed to be the next round yeah. it was the Texas-Texas match Texas matchup, and then we didn't hold up our end of the bargain. That was it, a, that, it was a heave. Uh, from half court on that shot. That's why they end up losing. Oh, man. Uh, So we'll get get some updates on the tournament. We'll talk about our brackets, how busted they are, Uh, uh, because at this point everybody's bracket is a little busted. We'll get into some of the updates about the games that are currently going on and the ones that have already uh, been settled uh, with the tournament. We'll get you that update also. Coming up next, speaking of hoops, we got to start talking some NBA. There's a new favorite for the MVP. The MVP has pretty much been a – it's been – a conversation mm-hmm. that has been one-sided I should say all season long so it really hasn't been a hot topic Nobody, everybody's pretty much assumed that, that you know that Jokic's gonna win his third in a row I think it's third consecutive
1: yeah third. he's going for the, we, the three,
2: three people three, look we've just stri- we've understood straight? it's going to someone who's not an American uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, we know that. Well, yeah, because yeah, you're, right. be, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. The Green Freak or Luca yeah or know, someone or from Luca's Cameroon. Any yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a great point. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they're now, at least based on Vegas odds, there's a new favorite for the MVP. So now we actually can start talk, having a conversation about NBA MVP. We'll do that on the other side. Also, MJ, the GOAT. Uh, who man, right now has been the you know owner of the uh, Charlotte Hornets. He's thinking about – uh, sorry, Charlotte Hornets. uh, Bobcats. Bob, yeah. yeah, sorry. No, they're, the Hornets. It's still Hornets. they're the Hornets. It's still they, Hornets. Were, they
2: started as the Bobcats. Oh, yeah. yeah then they, bought, the they got the name back. Man, yeah. my bad. See,
0: now I'm old school. See, you I'm see going back school. to the Bobcats. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. All right. Uh, sip, snap, sip, snap, sip, <laughs> snap. Uh, but he's thinking about selling the team. That is the world in the streets that MJ wants to sell the team. I don't even know why he would want to sell the team and what MJ would get into other than that, but that is the report, so we'll talk about that as well. Uh, Also, I got a weird, crazy stat about the Golden State Warriors. I I, I couldn't believe it when I read the stat. I had to go check it and went down the rabbit hole checking it. We'll get into that on the other side. Talk a little NBA and give you updates on the NCAA tournament. We're talking hoops all day long right here on Ball, Don't Lie, on the horn.
1: No one knows. I'm a bad man hunting. You know I'm just stunting. A sad man gunning for some real good vibes.
0: I'm a bad man. Oh no. All right, welcome man. back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie. We uh play. Jams and selections from very talented human beings that you can catch live right here in the ATX. Who we jamming right now, Patrick?
2: This is Cowboy Diplomacy, and they are playing today at Eisenhower's. Oh, I like that, Cowboy Diplomacy. You actually What's you this? saw them when you came down to? Uh, oh, when I went downtown. The Christmas Jam. Oh, is this the guy that had the really cool yes. with the band the cool jacket? Yes. Oh, dude, he's
0: legit. and That dude's voice is amazing. Yeah. the The lead singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. His voice. Cool it, stuff. It, yeah, it doesn't really match him, but when you hear him belt it out, you're like, good lord.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, that's great. I like, actually, I really did enjoy that. Uh, all right. You can hit us up on the Specs text line 512-337-3776. That's why I enjoy 512 Friday. My man Patrick always broadening our horizons a little bit. Uh, I want to get into some NBA here, gentlemen, because we haven't talked a ton of NBA, but it's about that time. We're talking a lot of tournament right now. Uh, Matter of fact, let me give you a tournament update before we get into this uh, NBA discussion. Got a couple of uh, tournament news notes and nuggets to hit. Uh, Okay, so right now, just giving you the update on the current games. Marquette uh, is a two seed. They are beating up on Vermont a 15th. Seed 69 to 50. Nice. Uh, Iowa State, right now, uh, sixth seed is losing to uh, Pitt, Eleven seed, 28 23. Uh, there's about 41 or 37 like seconds left in the yeah. first half. Uh, their Vermont game, Vermont losing 50 uh, to 69 to Marquette. Shaka! Uh, Shaka doing his thing. Um, that is about uh, seven minutes left in the second half of that one. Uh, right now, Creighton, a six seed, is up 24-22 uh, uh, on the eleven seed, NC State. Uh, and there's about 3.30 left in the first half of that one. And then the games that have already uh, been settled so far today, you do have Baylor uh, beating UC Santa Barbara. That's a three seed beating a 14 seed, 74-56. You have Xavier uh, beating Kenes- uh, Kennesaw State, a three seed beating a 14 seed, 72-67. to uh, And you have St. Mary's, a five seed beating a 12 seed, VCU, uh, 63-51. to And Michigan State, seven seed beating as 10 seed, USC, 72-62. to uh, there you go. So those are games that have already been decided. All right, let's get into a little NBA talk here, gentlemen. We haven't talked a ton of NBA because we usually dive deeper into it. We've gotten to it a little bit, but um, one of the topics that has uh, been a hot topic, I should say, in the NBA circles has been the MVP as of late because the Vegas wise guys uh, they have decided that the uh, Nikola Jokic, who has been the uh, front runner for the MVP and had the best odds to win his third consecutive MVP. Third straight MVP. Um, that has now shifted. Um, so now, uh, for the first time, exactly like one month ago, sportsbooks viewed Jokic as the win, as the front runner to win his third straight MVP. Now uh, it looks like Joel Embiid is now the front runner to win the MVP this season based on uh, my good friends at bookie. Shout out to them. Uh, and also, you start looking at it. Uh, he's at plus 110. I think Jokic now is at plus 150. And Giannis, uh, the Greek freak, is at plus 340. Uh, and right now, I was uh, just looking at a, a really cool deep breakdown. I want to say it's, um, it's Tom Habistro, I believe is his name, so I'll give him credit. He was looking into a study about All like the recent, the basically all the MVPs, um, and he looked at MVPs and their supporting cast, and he wanted to find out how often MVPs played with an All Star, an All NBA, or an All Defensive Player. So just really a really uh, credentialed supporting cast, all right. And he found that Nikola Jokic was the only MVP that he could find that did not have. Did not have any members of his supporting cast, any of his teammates that were all stars, all NBA, or all defense.
1: That's interesting to me, and the problem—the only reason why I say it's interesting to me—is because Jamal Murray is that guy. That's wild, but he's been hurt a lot, and that is why I don't think he's been considered. But he's—he—he's a Hooper that is an all-star in my mind. He's an all-pro, but he's not getting that kind of voting because the dude never stays healthy. So to your point, that makes a lot of sense because if you look at anybody else that's on his on his team, he's, they're not ready. He said two
0: MVPs. Yeah. He's had two MVPs, and he's never had a teammate who's All Star, All NBA, and All Defense, which is why nobody ever picks Denver right to c- yeah. to make a run. It's that's like, no, right. I'm not picking Denver. It's just a Jokic show.
2: Yep. that's it. Yeah, and that's I agree with our Jamal Murray's a really good player, and him being able to stay on the court has been the problem. They have some other good player. Michael Porter Jr. is Michael also Porter. there. He's another always guy hurt. who is always <laughs> yeah. hurt. He was uh, so they have, in college. They have good – yeah, he slipped in the draft because of back issues. Yeah. So, I, like, they have good players on that team, but it was built in a way of we can afford these guys because of injury history or whatever else. And mm. so that's how they've been able to keep it. And now they just put more and more guys that fit with Jokic around him. It is weird that they haven't been able to get that next star out of it, and I think they keep wanting Jamal Murray to be that guy, and it just hasn't happened yet. Yep. It's a travesty, man. Uh, but, I mean, if you look in Philly, if you look at whole court presence and everything else, it's – it's. I mean, like James Harden's a good player and he plays games where he's really good and then you'll watch other games where James Harden really isn't doing he's not much. not even a factor. and He's not a factor and yeah. Obeid is having to take over the entire game by himself.
1: Well, I'm, I'm, oh. I'm going to go on the record. I thought Embiid should have got it last year. I thought he was one of the best players in the NBA, if not the best player in the NBA, and that's why a lot of people oh. were frustrated with it. But Joel, what Joel Embiid has done over the last three seasons is definitely MVP worthy. Now, is his team not winning championships? Absolutely. But the Jokers team is not winning championships. Rod just told you they don't even have an all-star on that squad. So it just, it just drives me nuts when everybody keeps wanting to say it's because of this reason or that reason. But the simple fact is if you're really watching the game – because remember when Russell Westbrook got the MVP, everybody was talking about his triple-doubles. And yeah. then all of a sudden the next year they were like, well, he always gets triple-doubles. It's the same <laughs> thing with the Joker. We know what you're going to get from the Joker the entire time. And Embiid has been exceeding him. If you go back and you look at the stats – and you look at the numbers that he has been putting up; he's leading, he's outscoring him by a lot.
2: Yeah, I mean, and the MVP voting race in the NBA is always somewhat like there will be seasons where you know three guys deserve it, right? And then you get to a season like this where you're like, yeah, the three guys deserve it, but uh, you know what? Maybe we give it to the guy who we've kind of snubbed a couple times, and we know he is the MVP in Philadelphia. He's the most; he was uh, the the governor, or the Mayor yeah. proclaimed him most valuable Philadelphian uh, after last season when he did yeah. not win MVP, which was like, yeah, I don't think he's showing up to that ceremony, guys. I think he <laughs> right. might be a little more mad about the yeah. MVP no. though. That's, that's not that's not a prize that he wants to win. That's well, what well, the but other t-
0: thing too, let me you- throw this out there real quick though. Since the NBA All Star break, uh, he is averaging thirty five points per game, ten point two rebounds, and four point two assists, two point five blocks, and a and uh, a steal um, while shooting. 56% yeah. basically from the field and 36% from three point range. So basically, since the All Star break, he has been a monster, and they had a head to head matchup uh, in late January. Uh, Embiid finished with 47 points, 18 rebounds, five assists, three steals, two blocks, and four threes. Uh, they did win the game, by the way, the 76ers, if that matters to you. Uh, Jokic had just 24 points, nine assists, eight rebounds, two blocks, two threes, and seven turnovers uh, in that head to head matchup. Yeah. Yeah, he's Are you trying a to make a statement.
1: Well, and and then I'll go even further cuz you can look at what uh Giannis is doing. He's another one. He's carrying his team as well. So, it's it's interesting when we come down to it, but we we've talked about this before. There were years where you could have gave it to Michael Jordan every single year. There were years when you could have gave it to LeBron every single year, and they didn't want to do it. Yeah. They just refuse to do it, which is crazy to me when you when the award is called the most valuable player. To me, it's if they take you off the team, what would they be? And I'm a strong believer in that. And, and if you're going to vote, I think that is how you need to look at your vote. It's like, well, it doesn't have to be. It's like the Heisman. It's like, if this dude is the best player in college football, why does he have to be a quarterback to give it to him? Yeah. You know
0: what I'm saying? I'm like, what what are we doing? I think they basically, yeah, no, I agree cuz all you can make the case for all those guys carrying their teams at one right. time or another uh, because if you look at games played between teams that are currently over 500, so the best teams in the NBA, uh Milwaukee, best record, uh yeah. they're 22 and 10. Uh Denver's right behind them at 18 and 9, and then it's Philly. Eighteen and ten. So I think they won. Those are your three. Yeah, your three teams with the three best Best players players. right now. Yeah,
2: no question. Yeah,
1: I I think at one point I remember (laughs) Milwaukee won like sixteen straight games, and it was all convincing. They were just like whooping people. I I think I remember this. I'm same. like, goodness gracious! And yeah. you go back and look at you right now. Numbers, that's Philly. Yeah, and that's Philly what Philly's one, doing right like now. Six
0: to seven straight, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay.
1: So I'm I'm am I'm a big fan of what Joel Embiid brings to the court every single time. I'm a big fan of his personality and the way he carries himself as well. So I I would be disappointed if Joel Embiid didn't finally get his MVP.
0: This year, I think voter fatigue will give it to Embiid if yep. he's playing like this. Yeah, there's nobody will give Jokic his third in a row if it's uh yeah. if it's highly contested. <laughs> they just won't do it. They I don't can, think can't do it. Yeah, I don't think they'll do it, but we'll see. I mean, because uh, Jokic obviously his numbers uh, they obviously impressive. Yeah, they they back up his claim for a third straight. Uh, since we're talking NBA, just real, I told you about that strange, weird Golden State Warrior stat. So the Warriors <laughs> are right now. 29 and 7 at home, Mm -hmm. and they are 7 and 27 on the road. Awful. That is unbelievable. Awful. That's one of the biggest disparities uh, in NBA history in terms of road to home uh, win loss record. 29 and 7 at home, 7 and 27 on the road. Oh, that's crazy right now. Which Draymond, makes no sense. Draymond Green has more technical fouls on the road <laughs> than the Golden State Warriors have wins on the road. Yeah. That's a real stat. He's got ten. They only got seven. Yeah. 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 I don't know what that is. That is crazy. I've never seen anything like that. And for to be the Golden State Warriors of all teams.
1: Oh, that's what I was about to say. You could see it with some of these other teams that uh, are not as well coached as we like to say. But yeah, it's it's one of those things where you're sitting there going, "Are you serious? Like how how are you?"
2: Not better on the road with all the players that you have. I mean, my guess is they're just old and hurt, and they just, once you put them on a plane, (laughs) it takes them like three days to walk right again. It's like my mom. Yeah, that's my mom. That's, I can, that's I all I got, I got for you. I gotta
0: go. I gotta go drive to see my mom. Like, I can't get mom on a plane? Mom on a <laughs> yeah. plane. She, she never she on the cover for like three days. Yeah, Come no, on. that's
2: a, that's my guess. Oh, that's a good point. I have, hey. no, I have no idea what it is. That yeah, is that's crazy. That is a weird stat. Yeah, they should be doing better, but you know, sometimes sometimes teams trail off on certain things because they're not mentally. Uh, over the fact that they won a championship last year and they didn't think they would.
0: Oh, that that could be it, too. That's a great point. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know where they are psychologically, but that's just a a strange random stat. Okay, so uh, let's get to this MJ news um, while we got some time in this segment. So it's been during a recent sit-down interview, um, I believe it was, Michael Jordan was asked about a number of different things, and I guess one of the things that's come out of that is he's engaged in serious talks to sell the Hornets.
1: Sell his majority stake up in the, in, the, in yeah it as to well. sell
0: yeah to sell his majority stake. Uh, the Hornets minority owner Gay Plotkin and Hawks minority owner Rich Schnall are in line to take over per ESPN. Um, Adrian uh had to report that sources say Charlotte Hornets owner Michael Jordan is engaged in serious talks to sell a majority stake in the franchise to a group led by Hornets minority owner Gay Plotkin and Atlanta Hawks minority owner uh, Rick Schnall.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, uh, End of an era. Well, I, I I think he still might try to keep a uh, minority part of it, but I'm also thinking too. You don't forget he just won NASCAR. Like he his his car won a couple weeks ago, That's I believe, and I think maybe he's trying to figure out. Mm. Should I be more into racing right now? Because this basketball thing ain't working for well, yeah. me. Maybe, maybe he's getting tired looking. of losing.
2: Exactly. Every single time. And you're him like, being hey. a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, you're the GOAT. You may be the worst owner. <laughs> like, you're you're getting bad. You're like It's just getting worse and worse. Of I, They're they're now trying to – they're hoping that the Spurs mess up the tank. Yeah. And they get a squeeze in there and then have a hope. Because also, if they get their one overall pick, he'd sell that team in a heartbeat knowing that that price goes up a ton if you get Victor Wembanyama but uh i i think yeah he needs to get out of the business of ownership yeah. he's i don't think he's cared enough as an owner and when he did care the only way he knows how to do that is by going and trying to beat every yeah. single one of the players and tell them yeah. they suck uh i don't i don't think any like young players talk positively about their their are times working with Michael Jordan. Yeah. Like, you never hear the story. He's like, you man, never he was it. so great. Yeah. He taught me these things. He's like, no, I just came into practice and went to play one-on-one with everybody. <laughs> and and then out. Yeah, and then cuss you out and talk so much trash and then left. I'm hey, 55 years
0: hey, old and you know I just what? beat you. That's what billionaires can do. That is what they, they can, can do. They can buy professional teams <laughs> just for their, fan, for their fantasy. You know what exploit. it probably was?
2: He probably lost a one on one game and was like, sell the team. Yeah.
0: And <laughs> hey, you know what? If Jerry Jones was younger when he bought the Cowboys, he'd been out there too. Yeah. That's that's there. True. You know what, guys? Uh, and they do just call him you coach. Do it. I'm going to run y'all through some drills. They do call him coach. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. If you're <laughs> really a young billionaire, oh, man, two things I try to do. I try to be Batman. I Probably fail miserably, and I definitely would buy a team so I could just basically make it my fantasy team,
2: my fantasy sports. Yeah, team. did you just because say you try to be Batman? I Run. would try, but <laughs> right, don't. I would
0: try. I would try. I don't know why no billionaires try. You, know you, know you know why? You know why? Because you know why?
2: Because no one wants to be like Bill Gates found dead, dressed up as a bat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be. You can't, you can't steal Batman. No, uh, no, no, I'm saying soda. You, you gotta can have be, your
2: own persona. But you know but what when, mean? When, be when you a try vigil- and stop vigilante
0: crime fighter of some kind, not stealing Batman stuff, but you're a billionaire. You can. Board, I'll buy all the technological stuff. You know they got like a. You, know, you they can got create. A, you some know they stuff. got an invisibility yeah. cloak that they created at the University of Texas for the military. You can buy stuff like that, <laughs> right? You can have stuff like that. that's what Bruce Wayne does. He has all the best technological advancements in war, so he just basically uses those in urban warfare against
2: crimes, against crime uh, and against you know criminals what? and stuff. Maybe, maybe so it's Le- crime fighting. Efforts. You know what? Maybe yeah. LeBron. I think he might be LeBron the only guy. He might, he might be the only just billionaire saying. who's in shape enough to do it. That is true. LeBron could do it, but his his uh, we'll guys, high. you yes. make money LeBron making computer parts. That's you're a, probably
0: not. He would win. It. You know, he's done winning titles. He might as well do some good with his athleticism. <laughs> right.
2: The title. He's titles, done. He's just uh, trying to uh, hang around. Hey man, man choice is over. Batman. Batman's foot hurts. <laughs> crime. Yeah, crime. I'll, yeah. I'll stop crime in two weeks. He can't do it. <laughs> Load management is why LeBron James billionaire cannot be Batman. He's Load management, apparently. Uh, hey, the right. Joker, we need you. Ah, <laughs> uh, I can take the night off. I gotta play the Golden State Warriors in two weeks. It's I gotta okay. Get it right. If
1: it's at home, you can beat them. Because they don't do well on the
2: road. Full circle. Alright,
0: we'll come back. We got the flex on the other side. Rahio right Ball Don't Lower 1049. Friday, additional ball don't Lie right here on ball. Um, 1049 the horn. That's when we play jams from local bands and artists who you can catch live right here in the ATX. Who are jamming right now, Patrick?
2: This is Favor, and they are playing today at Sunny's Backyard.
0: All right, there you go. If you miss any of these selections, for 512 Friday. Go to hornfm.com and you can catch up with them there and you can sound really cool in front of all your friends and family. Uh, Also, go to flxatx.com and go to flxatx on all your social media platforms. Uh, Some great content up there for you especially if you're a fan of high school hoops here in the Central Texas area. You can go check that out. Also, a lot more information uh, from uh, my man Anthony Williams actually uh, and the FBU Austin in, uh, Westwood. Uh, they're going to have uh, also FBU Austin um, information about a uh, like football uh, camps that they've done and showcases they've done. Uh, you can go check that out at flxatx.com as well. Also, uh, you can go uh, there and check out uh, potentially a podcast that the guys are going to have for you instead of the show. Usually we have a flex show on Wednesdays, every Wednesdays. They didn't have that because we have broadcast responsibilities for Texas baseball. Of course, you got a tournament going on, Texas basketball. So uh, you can go check out uh, flxatx.com. Um, they still got you covered there uh, with the podcast. Got you covered uh, at flxatx and all your social media platforms as well. Um, so go check that out. Alright, uh, we come back. We got NFL news notes and nuggets to get to. The Cowboys did Resigned Cooper Rush. Uh, the uh, backup quarterback market was heating up, so the Cowboys did make a move. We'll talk about that. Uh, there was a move I wanted the Cowboys to make that they did not, and now this player mm-hmm. has moved on, mm-hmm. and I believe uh, to a team that is going to be uh, very happy and benefit from a very uh, team-friendly contract. I said should say that at a team at a position that the Cowboys needed. We'll get into that as well. And also Zeke, there is interest in Zeke. Uh, a couple of teams uh-huh. have come up and. It Discussions about Zeke and where he'll end up. We'll talk about that as well. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104. Now the horn.